I want to begin by uh, thanking everyone who reached out uh, with well wishes for the First Lady who tested positive for COVID-19. She's doing well uh, with just very mild uh, symptoms and she's isolating at Government House. Like me, the First Lady is uh, vaccinated and boosted and I cannot stress uh, this enough, but no one should think of a booster as just a bonus or an extra dose. Getting your booster shot as soon as you are eligible is absolutely critical to protecting you from severe illness from this virus and its variants. Today we are 15 days into the 30-day state of emergency, which we declared in order to combat the surge of the COVID-19 Omicron variant. Over the past couple of weeks, we have taken a number of urgent short-term actions to address the rapid rise in case rates, positivity rates, and hospitalizations, and in order to support our hospital workforce. I'm pleased to report today that all of the current data is showing very encouraging trends with many of our key health metrics consistently and substantially declining. COVID-19 cases in Maryland are decreasing at the second best rate in America. Our COVID-19 positivity rate peaked 15 days ago at 29.98%. It has been rapidly dropping and is now 18%, which is a decline of 40%. Our positivity rate is lower than 42 other states. Our case rate peaked 12 days ago and has already declined by 44%, making it now lower than 47 other states. Both our case rate and positivity rate are declining among all age groups. Hospitalizations in Maryland peaked on January 11th at 3,462 COVID hospitalizations. And after eight consecutive days of decline, we are now down to 2,983. This is the first time we have been below 3,000 hospitalizations since January 2nd. Our public health team is encouraged by the fact uh, that this decline in hospitalizations is a both a result of a decline in admissions and an increase in discharges. We're getting folks healthier and out of the hospital faster. Pediatric hospitalizations uh, continue to make up uh, only roughly 1% of our hospitalizations. And we've reached the point at some of our hospital systems uh, where they are placing adult patients in pediatric beds because of the excess capacity. Uh, one point I do want to make is that uh, deaths are always a lagging indicator, usually a couple weeks behind cases and hospitalizations. So unfortunately, we do anticipate the number of deaths to continue to rise in the short term uh, before peaking and then also beginning to decline along with all of the other metrics. Sadly, the vast majority of deaths continue to be people who are unvaccinated, which is why we're continuing to urge Marylanders to get vaccinated or to get boosted as soon as possible. 
Fortunately, Maryland remains one of the most vaccinated states in America. We have now administered over 10.8 million vaccines. And after declaring a state of emergency just 15 days ago, our daily vaccination rate has increased by 60%. As of today, 93.9% of Maryland adults have gotten vaccinated. Uh, we are also now approaching 40% of 5 to 11-year-olds who have been vaccinated, which is also one of the highest rates in the country. We continue to encourage parents to consider getting their school-aged children vaccinated in order to stop needless quarantines and so that local school systems can continue to keep our kids in school. All of this progress uh, is very encouraging, but we're not out of the woods. Uh, even though we have been able to attain considerable drops in the metrics uh, and they're continuing to drop, they're still much higher than they had been or where we need to be. So we will continue taking actions every single day uh, to combat this surge. This Omicron variant is four to five times more transmissible than Delta and the other previous variants of the virus. And Omicron remains the predominant strain here in the state of Maryland. According to the latest data, Omicron accounts for more than 95% of our state's recent uh, lab-confirmed COVID-19 cases. In the past couple of weeks, uh, we have opened 18 new state testing sites to help ease the burden on hospitals and emergency rooms. And today, I'm pleased uh, to announce that our 19th site is now operational at LifeBridge Health in Carroll County. Uh, a new site at Greater Baltimore Medical Center in Baltimore County is on track to open tomorrow. And our one uh, federally supported site at St. Agnes Hospital in Baltimore is on track to open Saturday. As of today, we have conducted 17.4 million tests. And we're still testing at one of the highest levels in the country, more than 55,000 tests per day. In addition to uh, standing up new testing sites, we also continue to work on emergency procurements to secure as many uh, at-home rapid tests as possible. Uh, late Friday, we were uh, surprised and frustrated to learn from our vendors that the pending orders uh, for more rapid tests were suddenly frozen uh, for this week. And that was after the White House announced their plan uh, to acquire half a billion rapid tests. Uh, on Tuesday, during a call between the White House and the nation's governors, I raised this issue with the White House and asked them to work to address this matter. Uh, yesterday, I spoke with Jeff Zients in the White House. He is the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. Subsequently, our team had several discussions with Tom Inglesby, the senior White House official in charge of testing. And uh, late last night, we were notified that one of our previous orders uh, of uh, 800,000 tests, which had been cut in half on Friday, is now going to be restored in full. And uh, we hope to uh, make progress with the other providers as well. So I want to thank the White House for taking steps to uh, try to resolve this problem. 
and we look forward to getting more tests out to the community in the coming weeks. We're also in the process of distributing 20 million N95 and KN95 masks all across the state. We're coordinating with the Maryland Department of Education to distribute 3 million additional KN95 masks to schools, and we have already distributed 250,000 masks to the judiciary. These masks uh, provide multiple levels of additional infection protection compared to cloth and general use face masks. N95 and KN95 masks are now available free of charge uh, through local health departments and at all state-run testing and vaccination sites all across the state. The Vaccine Equity Task Force is partnering with community organizations to distribute them in hard to reach and in underserved communities. And N95 masks are being distributed to all nursing homes across the state. And I wanna thank Marylanders for heeding the call of public health officials. Uh, without any mask mandate, we're ranked number five in the nation for the percentage of mask usage, meaning we're better than 45 other states. It continues to be one of the best mitigation strategies we have. Uh, in addition to the $100 million we already recently provided to our hospitals and nursing homes, today uh, we are also providing an additional $5 million to specialty hospitals which receive COVID-19 patients who are being discharged from acute hospitals uh, to assist them with their uh, recent extraordinary labor costs. This includes Shepherd Pratt, Kennedy Krieger Institute, uh, Mount Washington Pediatric, Adventist Healthcare Rehabilitation, and Encompass Health Rehabilitation. In addition, I have authorized Brigadier General Adam Flash of the Maryland National Guard uh, to be activated and to serve as a dual status com uh, commander for a Department of Defense mission to support the Washington Adventist alternate care site. Uh, on Monday, we will be introducing the Healthcare Heroes Act, which is emergency legislation that will codify some of the actions that we have taken to address workforce shortages at healthcare facilities, uh, ex expediting licenses for retired healthcare practitioners, practitioners licensed in other states, and nursing graduates. Uh, these are some of uh, a number of early actions we took on an emergency basis, which made a real difference on the front lines and making uh, them permanent, a permanent part of the law of the land will help us to be better prepared for any future crisis. <clears throat> We're continuing to take aggressive actions to protect our most vulnerable residents in nursing homes. National Guard has now delivered courses of remdesivir to all institutional pharmacies that serve nursing homes. A health department order requiring testing takes effect tomorrow, uh, which will apply to all nursing home staff, volunteers, and visitors. In August, we launched an antibody testing program in our nursing homes, which found that uh, more than 60% uh, had demonstrated some waning immunity. Uh, that resulted in us taking action uh, to become the first state in the country to move ahead, to move forward on booster shots 
for seniors in congregate settings. You know, with all of the delays and the confusing and conflicting federal guidance surrounding booster shot eligibility, it was uh, one of the most important decisions we made during the entire pandemic. And while the booster has proven to be effective against the Omicron variant, uh, we don't want to take anything for granted. So this week, in partnership uh, with the University of Maryland Medical System and Johns Hopkins University, we are launching another round of antibody, antibody testing in our nursing homes, which we expect to be completed in two weeks. This study will help determine whether we move forward with a potential fourth dose for some of our most vulnerable residents. We hope uh, that that won't be necessary, but we will be prepared to take action if it is deemed necessary. In closing, uh, we're very encouraged by our substantially improving situation, but the next 10 days to two weeks are really going to be critical. So our aggressive efforts will continue and we ask Marylanders to continue to remain vigilant and to keep doing the things that can keep us safe. Uh, wearing a mask, avoiding crowds, watching your distance, staying home if you feel sick, and most importantly, getting tested, getting vaccinated, and getting boosted. Uh, as the battle continues against this virus, uh, I just want to once again Thank all of our amazing healthcare heroes for their tireless efforts to care for patients and to save lives. And I want to thank the people of our state for remaining Maryland strong. Uh, with that, I'd be happy to take some questions. Governor, you described the COVID deaths as a lagging metric. What point are you all projecting that peak to happen and it starts to stop? You want to take a shot at that one, Ted? It's like typically. You know, the cases come a couple of week, a week or two later is hospitalizations, and then a couple of weeks later is uh, is deaths because they lag. Is that about seven to ten days? Seven to ten days. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're watching it every single day. Uh, it's basically staying around the same level, and we're hoping to see that drop off just like we did in the other metrics. Huh? However, in the state's highest jurisdiction in Montgomery County, they just had 16 schools go virtual for the next two weeks. It's a different situation than we faced early on in the pandemic. But how concerned are you right now about what's going on in these schools that is leading to these uh, transfers back to virtual? Is that a step backwards? Uh, it's a mistake, I think, on the part of the local jurisdictions. Uh, look, our kids have suffered enough. They've been out of school for far too long. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're keeping our kids safe. We, we currently have 30 kids in the hospital out of nearly 3,000. Uh, to shut down uh, entire, you know, school systems or, you know, multiple schools with thousands of kids happen to go through remote learning with all the damage that that's caused over the past year is just kind of uh, too aggressive of an action that we don't think is necessary. I know in particular Montgomery County, our health department has reached out to them uh, to try to clarify some confusion that they have and to try to let them know uh, what guidance we think they should be following, as opposed to the actions that they have been taking. Governor, regarding the antibody testing, 
Under what circumstances would the state authorize a fourth dose? Could that come as soon as uh, two weeks when the study is complete? Uh, you know, the last time we decided it was necessary because, you know, we started our, we started vaccinating our nursing homes, um, you know, well more than a year ago, end of December of 20. Uh, and so by the time we got further along, after five or six months, uh, you start to see some waning immunity. With our most vulnerable folks, it had been, in some cases, nine, 10, 12 months since they got vaccinated. And... Uh, Federal government have been talking about potentially third doses, but we didn't have time to wait because we had people dying in our nursing homes uh, and being hospitalized. So we we moved forward ahead of the federal government on the third dose just for those vulnerable patients. Uh, we I think the federal government is talking about those things now. We hope that they'll uh, make a decision on it. But if we believe that it's necessary to save lives in our nursing homes, we'll move forward with a fourth dose uh, without the federal government. Do you plan on uh, extending your uh, emergency order? Um, at this point, we're watching it day to day uh, because of the rapidly declining numbers. I'm hopeful that uh, another 15 days and we will uh, be in a position where we don't need to extend the state of emergency. In that line of questioning, there were projections um, that hospitalizations could reach 5,000. I know they're well on the decline compared to what they were before. Um, are, are uh, officials still projecting that the next couple of weeks will, will be as challenging as you thought they were? Well, no. Uh, the good news is that, look, they've been really accurate on all of their projections throughout, uh, throughout the entire crisis. And they had been saying uh, that they thought the peak was going to be around 3,500. That's where it actually turned, looks like it may turn out to be. But at the, when Omicron first broke out, the, the numbers started shooting straight up. And that's where they kind of revised their predictions and said it could go as high as uh, 5,000. And uh, it appears as if we are not going to get to that level um, because we're starting to see all the numbers come down because of all the actions we've taken, because of the great work of our healthcare workers. I think we're going to dodge the bullet on that one. And, uh, I, we don't we don't anticipate at least with this current uh, variant and this current surge that we're going to reach that peak. We think it's going to keep coming down. That's what we're hopeful. I'm still anticipating uh, this this higher uh, impact time period until the middle of February. Uh, this this higher than normal time period. It uh, that that's a great question. I, as I said, we've dropped forty percent, forty four percent. Uh, it went straight up like this. It's now, you know, I don't know if you saw the charts are it's crested and it's coming down. If it continues in that direction, uh, we'll be at, uh, it won't be wiped out, but it'll be at very manageable numbers. Uh, and that's what we believe and we're hopeful that will happen. Governor Hawkins, um, can you weigh in on the, um, the litigation to, to get a restraining order an injunction against the, this county, the Anne Arundel County? Uh, mask mandate. It was put in place by a state employee, a state health officer. Um, the plaintiff claimed he doesn't have the authority to do that, but um, your administration, I, I thought that was how this whole thing was designed, so that the municipalities can make their own decisions. Can you weigh in on where you would your administration stand? Well, the law grants uh, local jurisdictions the authority to make some of those decisions themselves, and that's the way we've been throughout the entire pandemic for now nearly two years. Uh, 
in Anne Arundel, it seemed like there was a conflict between, uh, so they had the right to make uh, their own decision, but there was a conflict between the county executive who wanted to do one thing and the county council who did another thing. The health officers you know, reports to the county executive and is hired for technically it is they work under the state health department's auspices, but does not work for us. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know somebody took the thing to court, challenging whether the county executive had the authority to overrule the county council or, or that the health officer could. Um, and I think that there was a case heard today. I'm not sure. Uh, some kind of action took place in the Anne Arundel County Courts today. I think it expires next Friday, so I'm not sure. Uh, you know, whether the court system is backed up as they are, they're ever going to reach a decision before the thing is over with anyway. And uh, I think Anne Arundel County already said they were not going to ex extend it past Friday. Anybody else? Sure. Uh, Governor, on Monday, uh, your new colleague in Virginia, Governor Glenn Youngkin, told the General Assembly of Richmond that we wanted them to alter a baseball stadium authority to concentrate on building a football stadium. As we know, the Washington football team currently plays its games in Maryland, but we haven't heard much about where the state of Maryland is right now obtaining this team. So as the interest in this has been stirred up again, could you, could you give us any viewpoint as to, is Maryland still in this? Or are you still fighting for this state? Are interested in it at least? Uh, look, we've been uh, working together with the Washington football team for more than seven years. Uh, you know, I... I, uh, the team reached out to us before I even became governor. We sat down with them. We, we uh, worked with them on uh, finding a site at the, on the Potomac and right across the National Harbor, which Prince George's County then opposed and uh, was back to the drawing board. We've been working in conjunction with Prince George's County. Uh, who, who we and the county would both like them to stay in the state. I've had discussions. Our team has been working together, Prince George's County, state officials working together with the representatives of the team. You know, I've personally talked with um, the owners of the team and leaders of the team. Uh, and we're uh, very interested in keeping them. But, you know, it's a, kind of the same situation we've been in for seven or eight years. They're looking uh, to decide where they're going to be in seven years or so. And uh, Maryland's going to fight. I'm sure Virginia and D.C. are, are going to be in the mix, too. They just haven't made any decisions. Governor, this is the second time that I think that was the last question she said, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you squeak one in. <laughs> this is the second time that COVID has um, hit your house. Yeah. Less than a month. That's been a reality for you. Yeah. Um, how have you handled the last two years? Um, it's particularly tough to work in the same home with other people who are trying to isolate and continue what they need to do. How has that been for you and your family? Well, uh, it's, I think, much more difficult for most people. Uh, Thank you for the concern, but it is what everybody's going through. I mean, people come, they've got their, their spouse and their kids or other people. They're living in, a, in the house and trying to isolate and keep everybody safe is really hard. Uh, on the one hand, we're lucky because uh, the governor's mansion is a pretty big place to, you know, to uh, spread out. Um, I know my wife had me locked in a room for 10 days and was dropping food outside the door. I, 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 now I'm doing the same thing for her, uh, but we are, she is isolating and we're trying to keep everybody safe. And, uh, but it's it's a struggle. I mean, we've had nearly 900,000 people been infected. Luckily, most of them don't get seriously ill enough to go in the hospital. Uh, but it's still a dangerous uh, thing. And so, you know, even if you're not symptomatic, making sure you're not uh, passing it on to other people is critically important. That's why, you know, uh, even though I've got two negative tests and uh, I'm still, you know, uh, wearing the mask while I'm talking to you here today because that's what the protocol is. And, and I'm going to, you know... Uh, 
uh, I'm going to try to stay away from the first lady except to drop some food outside the door. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>